Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the For the Love of the Game podcast. You've got Mackenzie Hand coming to you from Salem, Oregon. And I, Paige Nguyen, am coming from Frisco, Texas. How are y'all doing? Woo-hoo! We are back with episode two, honey. We're episode after- dose. Oh. Take trace. <laughs> You know, I was debating if I wanted to tell uh, tell them, but yes, this, this is our third take. But yeah, guys, we're learning. This is all learning experience. I'm like, we want to put good, decent content. I mean, obviously, it's the beginning of our podcast, so things aren't going to be perfect and spectacular. But like, we want to put out decent content, and it's it's lear- it's a learning experience for sure. Mm-hmm. It yeah. is, and at least. Even if it's slightly embarrassing that it's taken us three takes, (laughs) um, at least our listeners know and future sponsors know (laughs) we're not trying to put out shitty content. No. Like, we want what's best for everyone. Exactly. So that's why we're here with take three. Um, So we will have the same conversations we've already had. Yes. Multiple times. (laughs) Exactly. Here we go. Like, Mackenzie, what are you doing for the Super Bowl? What am I doing for the Super Bowl? Um, I will actually be headed to Hawaii this Sunday on Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, we leave early in the morning, though, so we get to Hawaii around noon. Should be there just in time to watch the game. And Paige and I were debating who, who are we going for. I am actually really happy with this Super Bowl matchup because I like both of the teams. Who doesn't love Joe Burrow? Love that man. Sexy. Not bad to watch. And then we were talking about, though, on the other end of that, we really are big fans of Matthew Stafford in the Rams. So I think they'll be really fun to watch as well. I think either way, it's a win-win. I think they're both great teams. So I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I agree. And the culture and all of everything around Joe Burrow right now is so exciting. Um, Yeah. Like, people are loving him. But also, like, how do you not love Matthew Stafford, you know? That's what I'm He's... saying. I know. And also, like, it's so – like, I followed their family for quite a while. And, like, his wife – and literally, his wife had um, – I don't know what it was. She had brain surgery because I think she had, like, a benign tumor. Yeah. And literally just two years ago was re- relearning how to walk. And so I just think it's awesome. I mean, who doesn't – who doesn't love wholesome stuff like that? So I I really like them, and I'm excited to see both teams play. And also, random thing, little sidebar, who is it performing this year for the halftime show? I it's like literally a forgot. Bunch, it's a bunch of people. Hold on. I literally know who it is because it's okay. a bunch of oldies. Oldies but goodies. <gasps> really? Well, like oldies-ish. Like growing oldies. up as a child. Oldies. <laughs> <laughs> oldies. I was like, Who? No, it's like Dr. Dre and like Snoop Dogg, I think. Like, okay, talk. okay. Okay, don't yes. make fun of us, people, for calling them oldies. They kind of are, though, okay? Like throwbacks, throwbacks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, and Kendrick Lamar. Okay, I'm really excited for that. That's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. It's going to be yeah. a good vibe, yeah. I'm so, really excited for that. That'll be fun, but I mean, um, I was telling Mackenzie this, and I got this off of Twitter. But I don't think, as much as Joe Burrow is, like, all over the world right now and has made a crazy impact on Cincinnati, there is yeah. no no comparison to no. Jock Peterson. To Sorry. Jock Peterson and the impact he had in Atlanta. <laughs> in Atlanta. I'm sorry. Only, I mean. It's yeah. not only where people, like, okay, blue hair, but also mm-hmm. grown men were wearing pearls to baseball games. Exactly. Like what? Jock. I just love it so much. Jock is my dude. I think he's amazing. I I mean, he's obviously a great player too. I think phenomenal. But just mm-hmm. like him as a person. I like him. And yeah, and he's been fun to follow even since he was with the Dodgers and Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Cubs. He was a great he was the person who made me so excited um when with the trade deadline when it started last season and how there was there were all those great crazy moves in the trade deadline last yeah. year and he was just the start of everything that happened and it was amazing yeah. and I 
am forever indebted to him and what he did for the Braves last season. <laughs> you guys can't see it, but Paige is representing the Braves today. She's got a World Series championship shirt on. She's, she's yeah. kind of a big fan. She's kind of a big fan. Slightly, and I was telling Mackenzie, I've worn World Series Braves stuff every single day this week just to flex on people. So people don't forget, yeah. like, even though we're in a lockout, the Braves are still World Series <laughs> champions. still number one. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, um, do we want to do a few housekeeping things, Paige, before we get into it? Or what are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, there was big announcements by Rob Manfred today. Do you want to tell us a little bit about him? There was. So, Universal DH was the main thing, I think, that came out today, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know also um, he was hopeful and very optimistic that the season should still start on time, March 31st. Uh, spring training should still start on time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I'll be hopeful with him, I, I guess. That'd be amazing, but we'll see. But I don't that was the that, main thing today. Yeah, I mean, spring training will start on time because yeah. minor league players are not protected um, by mm -hmm. the Players Association. So minor mm -hmm. league players will be reporting. They will be yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but <laughs> I don't know about regular <laughs> games. I know. Like. I don't know oh, either. It's so frustrating. But the Universal DH is a big thing. That's exciting. And then he also announced um, that when players are offered the qualifying offer at the end of the season to so to come back. A qualifying offer is like for those that listeners that don't know, because it's a unique thing. Um, if they're a free agent, a team can decide to offer or not offer a qualifying offer. And what that is, is it's the average of all Major League Baseball salaries. So I think this year it ended up being around like 17 or $18 million for one year. So you, have, you get this offer to make that much for one year and stay with the team. Well, if players reject it because they want to either, one, make more money or two, um have a longer contract, sign a longer contract, then they reject it. And the team that offers it gets a draft pick, which is, that's relevant for college baseball, right? That's another draft yeah. pick that goes to a team. Well, they're wanting to take away that draft pick that teams get if they offer the qualifying offer and it gets rejected. So mm -hmm. instead it's just a I think it's just a rejection. They just don't get yeah. anything for even offering it. So we'll see if those qualifying offers even still come out as much or what change that'll yeah. have. But yeah. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Um, we kind of briefly touched on the whole steroid thing and how they're not going to be mm. testing <laughs> anymore. I think Paige and I have an opinion on that. I mean, we just briefly, I mean, how do you guys feel about that? Whoever's listening, reach out. Let us know how you're feeling. I think Paige and I are both in agreement. It doesn't necessarily make sense to us. If we've, if they've always had this standard and there's also amazing players who have not been inducted into the hall of fame because of steroid use, how is it now that you're not going to test for it? It just doesn't really make sense to us. Especially like I was saying a week after the Hall of Fame, like the last time that Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens can be on a Hall of Fame ballot yeah. ended a week ago and people didn't vote them in because of their known steroid use. And now just the timing of MLB to say, well, we're, we haven't been like our contract or whatever it is, is expired for our regulations on yeah. how we're going to test it. Like, okay. So then <laughs> are you going to fix? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna yeah. fix it are you gonna fix like are you gonna have another ballot then yeah like, I know I think there's lots of questions to be asked with with that news I think there's yeah a lot to break down about that so and I would love to know like just how other people are feeling about it especially like I mean the baseball writers association like what are they thinking like would they have voted any differently probably not but like just what are the thoughts on it and is that how big is that actually gonna end up <clears throat> COVID. Um, being. <laughs> Don't even say that. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. It'll be, that'll be interesting to follow um, and keep up with. 
So we might as well, now that we're, we're 10 minutes in, let is, let's talk about what we're going to get into today. So today we want to mainly hit on the 2022 preseason rankings. So we're going to walk you guys through the top 25 rankings, both Baseball America and D1 Baseball. You'll see throughout it that a lot of them kind of vary. There's a few teams in there um, that they're the same across the board. And then there's others that are literally like in the top five and then not ranked at all. Um, on the other side of it. So we're going to go through that, break it down. Then by the top 10 teams, there'll be a little more than 10 overall, just because like we said, they vary in each poll um, slash ranking. And then we will also give you a little uh, Pac-12 update at the end as well. Some teams that we're looking out for this year and some top players to look out for. So with that page, you want to start us out with our top five teams. Yes. So like Mackenzie said, there are very few teams that are ranked the same all around. However, our number one team, which we have told y'all is going <laughs> to be your number one team, is Texas. They are ranked number one by both D1 Baseball and Baseball America. D1 Baseball then ranked Arkansas second. However, Baseball America had them at eighth. Kind of a big difference. Yep. Vanderbilt was ranked third by D1 Baseball, but second by Baseball America. Mississippi State was ranked fourth by D1 Baseball, third by Baseball America. And this is where it starts to get a little crazy, y'all. Ole Miss was ranked fifth by D1 Baseball. They were not ranked by Baseball America. Baseball America actually had Virginia ranked fifth, who D1 Baseball did not rank at all. Yeah. So. Kind of crazy. It's always weird when you have a top five team in one ranking and then not ranked at all in the other. But, you know, everything varies. Um... Then on to our 6 through 10 um, rankings. We have Stanford at number 6, D1 Baseball, 7, Baseball America. So a pretty even ranking across the board for them. We have Oklahoma State ranked 7, D1 Baseball, 19 for Baseball America. Pretty big difference there. And then we have LSU, 8, D1 Baseball, 10, Baseball America. Florida sitting at the nine spot for D1 Baseball, six Baseball America. And then we have one of our favorite teams that we're looking forward to seeing this year, NC State. They're ranked 10 D1 Baseball and 16 Baseball America. Right. And moving to the 11th spot is Florida State by D1 Baseball, but Baseball America had them 12, pretty close, pretty much the same. Um, 12th was East Carolina, who Baseball um, America had at 15. 13 was Notre Dame, but Baseball America had them at four. So that's also a pretty big difference, kind of like the Oklahoma State one. We will definitely get into that later. Um, 14, D1 Baseball had Texas Tech. Baseball America had them 23rd. And then D1 Baseball at 15 had Arizona. Baseball America did not rank Arizona, but we will get into them more later. Yes, um, yes. And because I think we both kind of I think we both kind of agree with that. I mean, we could see Arizona either not being ranked, or also I could see them at a 15 spot as well. Mm -hmm. So that'll be interesting to see. Next we have Georgia 16, D1 baseball, not ranked by Baseball America. TCU as well, they are not ranked by Baseball America, but they're ranked 17, D1 baseball. Then we have one of our faves, the Beavs, Oregon State. D1 Baseball has them at 18. Baseball America has them at 11. Tennessee is ranked 19. Why are you laughing? Okay, I'll stop. I don't know if you couldn't hear that. I don't know if it'll even work. Oh, it's a preview. I said this. Okay, pause. Could you, can you hear you it now? Guys, now I can hear it. This is why we don't have Paige as the host on this, on this podcast. This is why I need to host, or else she's going to be going through the sounds. And this you is said Oregon State, and I was like, "Woo!" Okay, it's going to happen again. Just get okay. ready for it. Well, this, it was a little delayed, but that that clapping that you guys just heard, just imagine that came after Oregon State, okay? Um, anyways, back to it. Tennessee, the lovely Tennessee. They're ranked 19 D1 Baseball, 17 Baseball America. And then a UC school, we always look out for those. UC Irvine, they're 20 uh, D1 Baseball, 18 Baseball America. Yay! And then <laughs> save the ants, kill the eaters. Oregon State always ends up playing them in regionals. And I yes, say, they do. And also, Paige, I mean, I really don't want to get sidetracked because we do that a lot. But do you remember the one fan? Like, it was their, the Beavers regional. Like, oh, my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
He got yeah. kicked out of Irvine. He can't go to Irvine yes. games anymore. And you know, and you know, then he switched to Fullerton. Fullerton, like, yes! 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 yes. I wonder if he, I wonder if he could because he came back the next season because we played Fullerton in the beginning yeah. of the year, and he and was he back was there. there. Oh, yeah. I have PTSD. Yeah, yeah, no, same. Literally, and that's all I can ever think about when we when we talk about Irvine and Fullerton. I'm like, ugh, all I can I'm think I'm so glad is you that, said that. Yeah, I had to. I had to bring it up. He was crazy. <laughs> and he would, like, fight with children. He would yell at oh, kids. He he was a lot, you guys. If you know who we're talking about, please let us know because it, it's, yeah, PTSD. It's scarring. This guy's, like, a super fan. I don't even know why. Like, I want to know the background. Like, why does he choose these teams even? Just for fun? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. And he, he would hurt his hands. Like, he wears batting gloves. The teams gave him batting gloves because he would clap so loud. He would hurt his His hands would bleed. They would break open. And so he would wear batting gloves in, like, 95-degree weather as a fan because his psychopath. Anyway, 21, yeah. we have the Georgia Tech. They're ranked 21st by both D1 Baseball and Baseball America. Um, 22nd, we got Dallas Baptist, who's not ranked by Baseball America. 23rd is Duke. Not ranked by Baseball America, but I gave a lot of shout-outs to Duke last episode, so yes. watch them. Um, 24th is Long Beach State, not ranked by Baseball America. And then 25th, we have Miami. Um, yes. Who and is ranked that for both. Yes, 25 in both of them. Uh, Long Beach State, we do want to point out, too, the Beavs play them mid-season as well. It's a weird, not a weird team to be ranked, but... They're not typically, I guess, in the top 25, like, you Are know, they the dirtbags? Isn't that their mascot, uh, the dirtbags? Yeah, bags? yeah, yeah, they might be. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure they're a good baseball program. I just don't think they're mm-hmm. consistently ranked like I see the Beavs. But, anyways, that'll be interesting. They're a matchup that the Beavs have midseason. So, that'll be fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. yeah, and then just a couple other notes that we didn't say because of all the differences. Um, Baseball America also had Nebraska at 20, UCLA at 22, and Old Dominion at 24, which D1 Baseball did not rank. So, yes. Yeah. Fun stuff. Okay, so now we are going to break down uh, the top 10 teams and who to look out for. What were they, you know, what? who do they have this year, how did they finish last year, all that fun jazz. So... Paige, you want to start us out with Texas? Or, well, you, we, you know, yeah, you know we're both going to talk about it. Let's be honest. So you you start you start horns and I'll, down. I'll horns up, horns down. I don't know what my thoughts are on Texas. If I'm like hook them or if I'm like horns down, but they're going to be really fucking good. <laughs> so they finished third at last year's College World Series. They are still led by Coach David Pierce, and they have been with him since 2016. I think they'll be coming in with a chip on their shoulder. Like we've yeah. been there as Oregon State fans and. We know what that's like. You're coming in and you're like, no, yep. it's our time to shine. Um, and not only that, but they are, their guys are returning. They're not, it's not a bunch of new people that are going to be like, wait, where did we leave off? It's a bunch of returning um, position playing starters. So they, um, I mean, they'll be killing it. Their uh, defense last year was 10th in the nation in fielding percentage. So they're handling it on defensively. And offensively, they are making it happen. Ivan Melendez, who was on the College World Series All-Tournament team last year, mm-hmm. um, he is a preseason All-American, and last year he hit 319. Um, we're going to talk a lot about slash lines on this episode, and Mackenzie and I know not all of our listeners are yes. super analytical um, in terms of baseball. Um and so a slash line just gives the players in order their batting average, their on-base percentage, and then their slugging percentage. So um, he slashed 319, 438, and 603, which is just really great. His on his yeah. OPS was over one. So if he he's doing it, like it's, yeah. he's making it happen. Not yeah. only that, he hit 13 home runs. So he's a big return. Um, in addition to their other. Seven. Um, returning. Oh, yeah. They have Skylar Messenger. Yes, he's he, new. He's yeah, coming. yeah, yeah. He's coming over from Kansas. So that'll be – he'll be fun to watch. Uh, last year he was a Big 12 second team honoree. Mm-hmm. And just Texas in general, this is the first time that they have been ranked number one going into the season. 
um, across, you know, literally all platforms. I'm pretty sure everybody knows Texas is going to be amazing. And I was telling Paige also, after listening to our last podcast, I mean, obviously our families are our biggest supporters. So like my dad was telling me, he was like, do you guys think Texas is going to be good this year? Like I had no idea. Is, is Texas going to be good? Uh, you guys hardly talk about Texas. I couldn't tell. <laughs> but yeah, you guys will probably hear a lot about Texas this year, but uh, you know, you got to give credit where credit is due. And I truly do think, I mean, who knows if they shit the bed first thing out of the gate, I would be very, very surprised. I think they're going to be amazing and you're probably going to hear a lot about them this year, this season. So For yeah. Sure. yeah. And I mean, it's, they're going to be good. They have like the history from last year to back them up and those players yes. all coming back, not Definitely. only all offensively and in the field but their pitching last year led the nation in era with a 2.93 um and they've got a couple all americans on their pitching staff too they do so they yeah a team to watch they're gonna be good just plain and simple they're gonna be good yeah they will so next up, we have Arkansas, ranked two by D1 Baseball and eight Baseball America. They're number four in the coaches' poll. Um, they have three players um, named preseason All-Americans from Baseball America. Um, they have, let's see, who are some of their top players? We've got Robert Moore, who was a National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association. Um, what was All-American. All American. All American. I was like, I'm confused by our own notes. Yeah, he's at second base. <laughs> at second base, yes. Um, he slashed last year 283, 384, 558 with 16 home runs. So great with the bats. They also have infielder Peyton Stovall. He's been tabbed the preseason SET freshman of the year by D1 Baseball. And, project, and projected um, to be a first-round pick in the draft. Oh, he was projected. Oh, but he came mm -hmm. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he so, came for, for the first time. Like, he, yes. he's a freshman. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I see. So, so I, yeah. Peyton, will, Peyton will be one to look out for. Peyton will definitely be one to look out for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Arkansas, like you guys heard us in the last episode, <sighs> good for them. I don't want to hear the pig suey-ish though anymore so on to the next Vanderbilt we have Vanderbilt they're ranked three D1 baseball number two baseball America so a pretty even ranking and I think we agree with it they're always a top contender um they have two players with baseball all-american preseason all-america honors Enrique Bradfield Jr. being one of them in the outfield he was last year's SEC freshman of the year and this stat, every time I see it, Paige, I think both of it's both you and I, it's insane. He was 46 for 52 stolen base attempts last year. Or no, yeah, 56, yeah. Yeah, yeah, 46 for 52 stolen base attempts. That is insane. Whether you follow baseball, you don't follow baseball. Yeah, yeah. 46 stolen bases, everybody, out of 52 attempts. For, for just stolen insane. bases just alone, like, yeah, is yeah. a ton of stolen bases. And not only that, but, Mackenzie, how often was he on base? Uh, 451 four in our little slash. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I can't. I can't with this dude. Yeah, he was on base almost half the time. I can't. Getting on base... He's getting extra bases. He's stealing. He's stealing the bases. So, I just this dude. I feel like he. I, I mean, like we've said multiple times, Paige and I are very player oriented, and so this guy, I'm very excited. I'm very yeah excited to watch. And do we? I think I asked you this <laughs> one of the other times that we recorded. Do we know what year he is? Oh, he was last year's freshman of the year, so he's a sophomore mm -hmm. this year. Yeah, so he'll be here not yeah. only this year, but he'll also be a fun one to watch next year assuming I just, actually I, just, I don't know if he has a COVID year yeah that makes everything so confusing. I, everything gets confusing with that but I just really like players that yeah aggressive too stealing the bases just I love it great. a little small ball great yeah yeah and then um do you want to tell us about Nick Maldonado Paige? Nick Maldonado is a junior pitcher he was a reliever um he had 52 point in, 50.2 innings last year so 50 and two-thirds um, 
And he had a 2.31 ERA last season. So he will just be someone to watch uh, coming in from the bullpen this year for Vanderbilt. <clears throat> um, I'm excited to see their pitching staff and how it's changed and how they're going to fill the gap of Jack Light Leiter, um, who was on the College World Series All-Tournament team last year, but more known for being drafted second overall by the Rangers. So he is gone. That might be a loss for Vanderbilt. Mm -hmm. um, so it'll be... Interesting to see what they do and what they make happen this year in their weekend rotation. Yes, definitely. Next up, we have Mississippi State, ranked four by D1 Baseball and three by Baseball America, our defending national champions, who Ooh. we talked quite a bit about last episode. Um, mm -hmm. I think very deserving. I think Mississippi State really showed up last year. Um, and they have three of the six of last year's College World Series All-Tournament team players that left in the draft, actually. I, yeah, which kind of sucks, but, you know, they have Will Bednar, who was a pitcher. He went to the Giants. Tanner Allen um, in the outfield, drafted to the Marlins. And Rowdy Jordan, who was in the outfield as well, who was drafted to the Mets. And then, obviously, the other three of the six players will be returning. Paige, you want to talk about them? Yeah, so Logan Tanner will be a junior, and he's a catcher for Mississippi State. Last year, he hit 287 and had a team high of 70 hits. So he is someone to watch. Uh, Luke Hancock is a junior also this year. Um, last year, he was playing on a little bit of everything. Not actually. He was just DH first base and catcher. It's <laughs> <laughs> still a good mix. Still a good mix. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, mostly um, though he was at DH and at first base. Only had 11 games at catcher because like you, we had said Logan Tanner was their um, main catcher. But yes, he is going to be back. And then Lane Forsyth, who is a sophomore this year in the infield. He was playing uh, shortstop last season. He is back as well. Um, great keeps here um for mississippi state however like you said two of their outfielders are gone to the draft yeah so yeah which is a pretty big deal you know but they still have some players and you know like we've said mississippi state's always a pretty good program ranked four by d1 baseball and three baseball america i think people have pretty high hopes for mississippi state this year i agree yeah I agree. Um, however, then we have Notre Dame, who does not seem to have as high of hopes by D1 Baseball. <laughs> no, they really don't. <laughs> because they were ranked 13th by D1 Baseball. However, Baseball America had them at four, and um, Perfect Game had them at five. Yep. I'm not really sure how to feel, just because they did have a great season last year, a great end to their season as well. I mean, didn't end the way you would want, because yeah. they weren't Mississippi State. But um, I don't know about four. I don't know about five. Yeah. They just haven't been dominant for long enough for me to really feel like that they're deserving of that four or five spot. Yeah. But they I think do. there's a happy medium in there. You know, I could put them in the middle. You know, I could see them maybe around like a nine or ten spot. Nine. But yeah, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. Around there. I wouldn't even put them at eight. Like, no, I don't know. No. I don't know enough. But, I mean, they have one All-American on their team, which is good. Um, it's John Michael Bertrand, who's coming back as a graduate student. He's a left-handed pitcher. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Which he, Paige and I were talking about. I always think it's cool when dudes continue to play because it's like they just, it just show, they just love baseball. And also, I always say props to him. He's getting his master's degree. That's amazing. And he gets to play another year of baseball. So, mm -hmm. it's great. Good for him. Good for him. Go Notre Dame. We'll see how they do this season. Yeah, it'll be. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be. I think all these teams, it'll be interesting. And once we really get into the thick of it, too, and teams start playing, we'll obviously get a better baseline for, you know, what's going to happen. But it's interesting to break down right now. So next we have Ole Miss which is the team that's ranked five by D1 Baseball, but not ranked at all by Baseball America. So weird, big discrepancy in the rankings. 
Um, they have Jacob Gonzalez and Tim Elko. They were both named preseason All-Americans by Perfect Game. Gonzalez is a sophomore who started 67 games at shortstop last year. He was D1 Baseball National Freshman of the Year last year. Um, and then there's Elko, who's a senior, who played at third, first, and DH last year. And he also had 16 home runs. So <coughs> those are two players to look out for this year for Ole Miss. I'm not going to lie. I think I'm a little more interested in Baseball America's five pick, Virginia. Paige, you want to get into Virginia a little bit? Yeah, we can. Um, so this is the second year in a row that they've been ranked fifth by Baseball America. So Baseball America likes them. Um, but it is our sixth time in the top five since 2010, which is, I mean, that's great. Uh, it's good, it's yeah. exciting. It's Virginia is not a team that you're we're, you're unfamiliar with. They are very exactly. familiar in the college baseball world. You always see their damn logo out in <laughs> left field at TD Ameritrade. Like they're there all the time. So. Yes. So much so they've been there five times since 2009, which is the second most by any team. Yep. Um, and oops. also, sorry, Paige, not to cut you off, no, but I care. have to put this little funny story in there. Is yes, So this last, this last weekend, I was actually in Boston visiting my younger sister. And there was a guy, I'll just give us away. She's in a sorority, so they, you know, they go hang out at the frats. We were in a frat basement, and this dude had a Virginia sweatshirt on. And I was like... Okay, if he's wearing a Virginia sweatshirt, like, he's got to know about their baseball program. Like, whether he's just from there, he went there, transferred, like, he's got to know about their baseball program. So I jokingly, like, snapped out a page. I was like, should I ask him, like, what he thinks about the team this year? Yada, yada. She's like, yeah, do it. So I was like, whatever. I'm going to do it. I go up to this dude, and I'm like, so, Virginia, how do you feel about their baseball team this season? Like, are you a Virginia fan? Why are you wearing that sweatshirt? This dude had no effing clue about their baseball program. He's like, oh, yeah, I, like, went there for a year and then transferred here. Like, I don't really know. And I was like, dude, then you can't wear a freaking Virginia sweatshirt. Like, I don't know. I feel like I also kind of feel like those adults who, like, you wear a Rolling Stones t-shirt and they're like, name a song. But at the same time, I'm like, really? Why are you wearing a Virginia sweatshirt and you just have no idea? So, yeah, he wasn't much help. And also, Paige and I talked about it. It's like, it also just kind of shows, like, College baseball is so underrated. Like, who doesn't, regardless, if you're wearing the sweatshirt, you're a fan, whatever, who doesn't know about Virginia's baseball program? They're very good. Always have. Yeah. Yeah. I, somebody asked me today. They were like, why don't you do a college football podcast instead? And I was like, everyone does college football. Like, everyone's doing college football. Where is the content for the people that want to hear about college baseball? Yeah. It needs to be there, and it needs to be accurate, because I've seen some inaccuracies put out um, lately. Um, but I just think that people just don't know, like with, when someone asked me today about why we weren't doing a college football podcast instead, they were like, well, was Oregon state even good at college baseball? And I was like, oh. are you kidding? Are you kidding? I was like, I was like, yeah, they like won the national championship a couple years ago. They won it like three times. I don't know. They have a um, decent program, I guess. I don't know. At I was best. just like, wow. Decent, I don't... decent at best, Paige. I don't know. I don't know. So God. I was like, I don't, I don't understand. It's but... just disappointing, but whatever. It is. But yeah. hopefully it's growing. I mean, baseball is expanding. It's getting bigger. More fans are getting into it, especially as people look into analytics and yeah. learn that side of it. It's so interesting, and I hope that comes into the college baseball world also, and I hope that we don't lose fans with yeah. the MLB lockout. No, definitely. So I'm right there with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, should we move on to our next team? Yes, you got it. Stanford, one of our faves, um, Pac-12, they're ranked 61 baseball, seven baseball America. So like we said, a pretty even ranking. I think a very fair ranking. Stanford really showed up last year. I mean, they're always a good baseball program, but I think they really showed mm -hmm. up last year and showed, yeah, they're a team to like watch out for. They're also ranked fifth by baseball writers. So they did lose Westland native Tim Tawa at second base. He was drafted and he's not returning this year. But a player to look out for who um, really showed out last year is Brock Jones. He's a center fielder. Uh, he's a junior, preseason All American, slash 311, 453, 646, and had three homers last year in the Lubbock Regional. 
that is really what stood out to me when I was watching his highlights and everything. So I think clearly a good hitter, clearly a good player. He's a junior. Um, I think he'll be he'll be fun to watch this year. And then they also have Adam Crampton, who's at shortstop, returning in slash 277, 338, and 343. Not as high of numbers, but he's returning, and he's going to be a great player to look out for as well. That's awesome. I love Stanford yeah. baseball. I mean, obviously, Me they're a big rival for us in the pack. Like, they're not an actual rival, but a legitimate rival, I guess, in the pack yeah. because they're always good, just kind of like us. But Sunken Diamond is such a fun place to go to baseball games so to watch baseball. Fun. I've never heard any players say anything bad about Sunken Diamond or playing yeah. there. And I just – baseball at Stanford, and, I thought is – And it's one of Paige and I's favorite places. I mean, we – have road tripped down to Palo Alto since we were kids, obviously following Beaver baseball for forever. We go down there with our family and it's just like all good memories. And so of course mm -hmm. our senior year, Paige and I both went down there and did our own little road trip and had tons of fun. So like Palo Alto, Stanford baseball has a special place in our hearts. It does. So if we talk about Stanford baseball or sunken diamond too much, just tell us. <laughs> just let us know. Exactly. Chill. To chill it out. But yeah. yeah. Um, and then we move into one of my favorites, Oklahoma State, the other orange and black OSU. Yes. Um, they are ranked seven by D1 Baseball, not ranked until 19 by Baseball America, but did make that top 10 spot um, with D1 Baseball. So we're going to tell you a, bit, a little bit about them. Um, two players to really look for this year on Oklahoma State. I mean, I think the whole team will be amazing. But two people to really look for is Justin Campbell. He... Um, is another uh, preseason All-American. Last year, he had 14 appearances. He's a pitcher, sorry. 14 appearances, 13 as a starter, with a 2.57 ERA, 102 strikeouts, and 84 innings of work. Um, not only that, though, but he reminds me slightly Ooh, of yes. a little mini Shohei Otani because yes. he also can back it up at the plate. He... Um, Started in 30, or he played in 30 games as a DH and hit 269. He was the Big 12 first team pitcher and utility player. He also, Mackenzie, played with Team USA oh. over the summer. Yes. So all of the things for him, he's really doing it over there. Um, yeah. No, seriously. I like it a lot. I mean, Paige and I, we like a lot of the same players, and Shohei Otani is a player that we definitely agree on. I love somebody, an amazing pitcher, and then, yeah, like Paige said, can back it up at the plate as well. And so, yeah, I think he's amazing. He's going to be really fun to watch. Mm -hmm, for sure. And when he was not playing DH, we also saw Nolan McLean at DH, who is also a preseason All-American. He was playing a little bit of DH, a little bit of second base, a little bit of first base, a little bit of right field, and even pitched <laughs> two innings. So he really was doing it all. He was. Um, but he hit 263 last season. Not bad. Um, not bad. Not great. But, yeah. So not those bad, are two great. players to really um, – Look at, if you're looking at Oklahoma State, they will be a team that we will quickly find out if they are more of a 7 or more of a 19 team. Exactly. Because they open up their season against Vandy Boys. Yes. So, um, they will be a quick one for us to find out. But I really think that they can make that 7, that seven ranking a thing. I think we'll so, too. I think they'll make it count. I really do. And I think that will be a really, yeah, fun game to watch against Vanderbilt. So next up, we have another great team. LSU ranked 8 by D1 Baseball, number 10, Baseball America. Pretty even ranking, pretty fair ranking as well. LSU is always pretty great team. They do have a new head coach, Jay Johnson from Arizona. So there was players who also followed him, one in particular being Jacob mm -hmm. Berry, the infielder. Which Paige and I were talking about, and I'm sure if you guys follow any sort of college baseball, you probably see his name everywhere. Like, I'll, all I see is that he's supposed to be, like, the best third baseman in all college baseball mm -hmm. this season. So, he's a transfer from Arizona, followed Jay Johnson, hit 352 last season. Um, I just, I, I think he's going to be, I think he's going to be pretty great, pretty great. Um... They also have this year Dylan Cruz. He, um, 2021 Perfect Game National Freshman of the Year, 
hit 362. Um, he had 16 doubles last year, two triples, 18 homers, and 42 RBIs. 64 runs scored and 12 stolen bases. So all great stats. I think these are both going to be great players to look out for. And I didn't mention this, but they're also ranked, LSU is ranked 7 by USA Today. So I think this 8 to 10 ranking is very accurate for them. We'll see, you know, once the season starts. But I see LSU mm -hmm. doing great things this year. You want to talk about the other two? Yeah, I mean, guys? I do too. They've had, they've had some other people step up to the plate that didn't necessarily start out stepping up to the plate. Like mm -hmm. Kay Dowdy, he is um, coming back to LSU this year. He hit 308 last year with 11 doubles, two triples, and 13 homers. He really showed out, though, towards the end of the season. He led LSU to a big series win at A&M at the end of the season in May. Um, he hit 333 with a double, a home run, and six RBI with three and three runs scored. So he really came up there. I think that's uh, important to note because he's now going to be playing under Jay Johnson, so the, uh, that difference of coming from a Pac-12 team to an SEC team, like, I just think it's going to be interesting to see it all happen. I don't know. I'm excited about it. But then he um, is also, who else is returning is their first baseman, Trey Morgan, and he hit 357 last year. These are just ungodly numbers, Mackenzie. If we're They're looking great. at these people, they Dylan Cruz hit 362, Jacob Berry hit 352, Trey Morgan hit 357, and Kate Dowdy hit 308. Those are insane numbers from everyone. And I just don't see another team where you can compare all those those numbers for that many players. I just I don't see it. And, I mean, we'll get into it more as we look at some other teams and who they have. But it's, it's just crazy. It's good. It's very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And our next team, I truly – I'm going to let Paige really – just take this one on because she's done a lot of Florida research and I think they're a great another great power team to look out for Florida is going to be interesting because they have <clears throat> a really big freshman I don't know maybe I do have COVID they um have a really big <laughs> freshman class coming in so not only um though do they have this big freshman class coming in this freshman class is supposed to be good they've been very highly rated um and we don't even you don't even know where you're going to see these freshmen coming from because coach um O'Sullivan who's Kevin O'Sullivan's the coach at Florida he said you might see these players a little bit everywhere but you're definitely going to see the freshmen um especially in their weekend rotation he said you're likely to see one or two he's not sure yeah. to start the season he's not really sure who but he's listed names like Philip Abner, Pierce Capola, Kyle Hartman, or Carl Hartman, sorry, Brandon McNeely, and Karsten Finvold. Um, because they still have two players um, that did not play last year either um, out from surgery that are not expected to return until March. So Nick Pogue oh, and yeah. Tyler Nesbitt are returning pitchers, but they're still recovering from surgeries. So... Um, not sure when they will make their return. He, it's expected maybe around March. Yeah. Um, but they do have Hunter Barco, <clears throat> who was a starter last um, a last year starter for the weekends, and he's coming back as a preseason All American. He had an ERA of four point oh one last season. So I mean, pitching wise, they're going to be really interesting to watch, and I think you'll you'll see a lot of changes throughout the beginning of the season up through March when they really figure out where all these people kind of be. Yeah. And where are they going to um, be the most effective on that? Exactly. Where they, all, just gonna... where they all fit in. Yeah. Yeah. And then offensively, Mackenzie, you can help me out with some of these. But... Yes. Yeah, yeah. You want to you take the t first two or you want me to take first two? I think you should take that first. We were joking the other bazillion <laughs> times that we've recorded. Um, that Some of these names are kind of hard, okay? And you guys, we're just going to put it out there at the beginning of our podcasting. If we just completely botch names, like, don't hate us, okay? We, we, these are kind of hard. So we're going to try our best. If you, if you know the correct <laughs> pronunciation, let us know. But first, we're going to start out with Judd Fabian. He's a junior in the outfield. He slashed 249, 364-560 last year. He was the number 15 draft prospect by Baseball America. 
also the brother of Derek Fabian, who's an incoming freshman who's likely to start at third base, which is always fun. We both were talking about, I love to see brothers on a team. It's kind of like that little Gret, big Gret duo, Matthew Gretler yes. and Michael Gretler at Oregon State. Always fun to see brothers play on a team. They also have Chris Armstrong at first baseman, DH, likely to stay there, but has worked a little at third. He batted 289. Well, he slashed 289, 352, 535 with a career high of 41 hits across 142 at bats. So those are great players to look out for. Like I said, Judd Fabian, I think that'll be fun, especially if his brother really is likely to start at third base and they play together. Mm -hmm. It's always fun. Yeah, super fun. And here's where we really start to mess up some of these names. <laughs> We've got Kendrick Kalilau. You know your team better than we do. Yes. I watched so many press conferences to try to figure out how the fuck to say these names. And <laughs> I don't know. But know. I can tell you that he played first base, outfield, and DH. And that he slashed 274, 351, and 434 with 31 hits, five home runs, one triple, one double, and 22 runs. So yes. he'll be a fun one to watch, as well as Sterling Thompson, who um, will be likely playing some, I think, right field. He hit 301 last year with 55 hits in 183 at-bats. Love to see it. Um, next, we have NC State, which, like we say... We might be kind of like over, over covering this team as well, but I just think it's an interesting story, an interesting comeback from where they left off last season at the College World mm -hmm. Series in Omaha. They were sent home, like we said last episode, because of COVID protocol. They basically just didn't have a full team to play with when it came time. You know, who knows if they would have been the ones to play Mississippi State, where it would have gone from there, but we'll never know. So it'll be interesting to see what they do this season. They're ranked 10 by D1 Baseball, 16 by Baseball America. They are picked to finish second in the ACC by the coaches poll behind Florida State, who's ranked 11 by D1 Baseball and 12 by Baseball America. And a player to look out for is Sam Heifel. He's a sophomore pitcher. He had 16 starts last season, led the pitching staff um, with a 3.66 ERA. Um, in the College World Series, he pitched a two-hit shutout in a career-long 7.1 innings and then went three for four at the plate in back-to-back -back games against the 2019 National Champion Vanderbilt. And he's a preseason All-American. So someone I think like we there's so, Exactly. He's someone to watch. And like we said, NC State as a whole, it'll just be interesting to see how they come back this season after how last season ended. So I'm, I'm really super interested. excited. I am too. I think they'll be fun to watch. It is time, Mackenzie. Oh, I wish I could go. move into <laughs> the Pac-12. <laughs> it is Pac-12 time, baby, where we are going to break down some of the top teams um, in the Pac-12 this year. I mean, they're usually always pretty much the top teams as well. But we are going to break down Oregon State, Arizona, and UCLA for you. So, Paige. All right, go Beads. All go right. Beads. Oregon State is ranked 18th by D1 Baseball and by the Baseball Writers of America, and they are ranked 11th by Baseball America. Um, they are led by head coach Mitch Canham. It is his second uh, full, real season at um, Oregon State because of the sad three weeks we had in 2020 um i think what oregon state i mean this is a these are some generous rankings these are nice rankings um yes 18 and 11. i want i what i want to see out of oregon state is i want to see their bats get hot and stay hot i want to see yep. offense right off the bat because we talked earlier about um it was lsu that had four people with a batting average over 300 last yeah. year and uh, or oregon state just doesn't have that right now i mean they have a lot of returning players Mm -hmm. um, that can help them offensively. Jake Ducart's returning. He was drafted by Boston and didn't sign. But, I mean, he – this is not a bad batting average, I wouldn't say, for college baseball. Yeah. But yeah. he hit 268. He slashed 268, 368, 385. Um, Matthew Gretler's returning little Gret. He hit 261, 400, 443. 
Garrett Forrester, who really showed up in regionals, he is returning. He was a Fort Worth All-Regional team. Um, he hit 299 last season. And then Wade Meckler is coming back. Uh, Greg Fuchs, he's coming back. He didn't have many starts last year. But some people that have been there for a while, literally since we were there, yeah. um, that are coming back. And so what I think we really need to see out of Oregon State is the offense show up and stay. Yes, exactly. I think – this is something that Paige and I bring out a lot, especially these past like three to four years of play with Oregon State. It's been kind of hard with the offensive consistency. You know, I think we're really great sometimes, and other times it's just like, damn, we cannot get the bats going. So like Paige said, we would love to see just consistent, consistent offense. The bats, if we could get the bats going, I would not be mad about it. So yeah, you can't yeah. you can't win a game with zero runs. Yeah. Unfortunately, so. I know I know in a lot of other sports it's like defense wins games, and defense is extremely important in baseball. That you know I yes defense all the way, but truly you you can't win games without runs. So <laughs> it's yeah. true, it's true. Yeah. And they're harder runs are harder to come by than yeah people think so. Um, it's not like it's not like points in basketball, like or baskets. <laughs> no, or no it's just different. It's, it's different. It's but different. Um, we'll see. I'm excited to see what happens with pitching. Yeah, there's quite a few um, returning pitchers as well. Uh, is a preseason All American for Oregon State. He had 16 starts last year and a 4.21 ERA. So I definitely think we can expect to see him as either your Friday or Saturday pitcher. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, and if not him, I think it would be Jake Fennings. Um, he was drafted by San Diego last year. Go Padres. Go Padres. But did not sign, and he started in 13 games last year, holding his opponents to a 240 batting average. Pretty good, not bad. So I think those are two people we'll definitely see, don't you think, Mackenzie? Yeah, no, seriously. And, uh, I think uh, even when we were there almost three years ago at this point, which is insane, I think Jake Fennings was a great um, up-and-coming pitcher. So I'm excited to see him finish out his time at OSU. And I've heard a lot of great things about Cooper Jerpy as well. So Yeah, he was good last two. year. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, you have relievers that are coming back that have also been there a long time. We're going to see Mitchell Verberg back, and we're going to see Joey Munt back. And those are people that they've been there a while. They know the program. They know what Oregon State baseball is about. And they will be likely to come in from the bullpen. So yes, um, it's going to be fun to see those four people as well as all of the new young pitchers that Oregon State brings in. Yes. So go Beavs. Go Beavs, baby. Um, so next in our Pac-12 lineup, we have Arizona, who's ranked 15 by D1 Baseball only. So no other... No other ranking, but D1 Baseball has them at 15. I, we'll see. We'll see when the season starts um, if they can hold that 15 ranking. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm excited to watch them. They have a new head coach, Chip Hale, because as we mentioned before, their previous coach went to LSU. Um, Chip Hale. So he has a ton of MLB experience, right, Paige? Yes, he a really ton. ton of MLB experience. No college baseball experience at all. Which I kind of, I, I kind of think is great. Who who knows though? I mean, it could go either way. But I was kind of wondering. I was like, why why Arizona? Why did he come back here? But after looking into it, it looks like he is a UA alum. He also was on the 1986 um, College World Series championship team. So I think he's got a special place in his heart for Arizona, and he's going to come back and hopefully lead them to a great season. So. It's it's one of those ones where you said, Mackenzie, you were like, they, I could see them being 15. Like, yeah. maybe they're a great program. They have this great new, hopefully great new head coach in Chip Hale. And yeah. hopefully they are that 15 team. They still have, I mean, I'm sure you're going to talk about it in a second, but they still have Daniel Susak. Um, mm -hmm. However, a new coach comes in and they've lost players, as we said already, to both Arizona and I think also to A&M. I think some players left to A&M too because that's where their pitching coach went. And yeah. – you're losing players and those are gaps to fill. And then having a new coach is hard. You don't know what that coach is going to do with that program and the differences there will be. So I could also yep. see them being a not ranked team. Like exactly. Said. Exactly. And yeah, like you said, Daniel Susak, um, catcher for Arizona preseason, all American 
only one for the University of Arizona. He slashed 335, 392, 591 last season with 48 runs, 24 doubles, 12 home runs, and a 65 RBI. So Daniel Susak, I think, especially if you follow college baseball, it's a name that I hear quite often. Um, I think he's a great player for Arizona, and they will definitely be a team to look out for this season. I'm excited yes. to see with their new coaching staff. So Yeah, and Oregon State fans, Daniel Susak is a fan. He's related to Andrew Susak, who is a former yes. catcher yep. at Oregon State. He was supposed to come to Oregon State, actually, and then did not. Was he really? I was kind yeah. of wondering. I was like, why Arizona? But yeah, he was originally committed to Oregon State, and then I don't know if he left before Nate Yeski left, or if he oh, pulled gotcha. his commitment before Nate Yeski left, or if he left when Nate Yeski went to Arizona. I'm not sure when he made that decision, so yeah. I'm not sure. But he is does have a little bit of Oregon State history, so a little tidbit there yep. for our Oregon State fans. Yes, definitely. Okay, and last but not least, we have UCLA. Ranked 22 in Baseball America. Only no D1 ranking at this point. Um, they have preseason All-American. Oh, Paige, <laughs> why did I even go for this one? I was like, let's just skip oh, over. Oh, lordy. Max. Uh, I don't even know, you guys. I'm so sorry. He's a right-handed pitcher, though. <laughs> I, I really should have skipped over it. I really should have. But... Someone to look out. Someone to look out for. Um, they have an Isn't incoming. That? Yeah, yeah. Um, they have an incoming recruit class for the 2022 season, ranked first for D1 baseball, Baseball America, and collegiate baseball. And yeah, you know what? I'm also gonna I'm gonna skip over the names of those, but they've got no. We got these. No, their incoming <laughs> recruit you go, class. You go. <laughs> <laughs> Their incoming recruit class, I want to say his name. Yeah, it's ranked number one. Yeah, so they are. This, tw these 22, 2022 freshmen for UCLA are people to watch. They are headlined by Malachi Knight, who will potentially probably be in the outfield. Thatcher Hurd, who is a right-handed pitcher. Cody Schreier in the infield. And Gage Jump, a left-handed pitcher. So we don't know much about them because they've never played college baseball before in their entire lives. However... Yeah. Watch out for them. I can't even tell you their jersey numbers. Don't know. But yeah. But ranked first for you know what I mean? For the top recruiting class. So they're obviously supposed Ooh. to be good. And you know what? I will say, I really just got scared by the name Malachi. I should have known that name was Malachi. I think I just saw the, <laughs> the name and I was like, I can't do it. Because now, yeah, those names are really not that difficult. But like Paige said, I think it's gonna be Clearly um, a great freshman class to look out for. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm very excited. So that is your 2022, 20, yeah, 2022, yeah, pre-season breakdown. Yeah, a little breakdown. Sorry, breakdown? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So great second episode. I hope you guys all enjoyed. Reach out to us if there's anything you think we missed that we should touch on more. Mm. And Paige, what are we going to talk about next episode, next week? Pause before I do that. I've had people yeah. tell me they want to hear about the Sun Belt, and I've had people tell me they want to hear about the University of Kentucky. These were two oh. I have not been – I mean, the Sun Belt are new. Eat them up, cats. We can do that. <laughs> but – University of Kentucky, that was a new one that I'm hearing that people really want to hear about. So if you have any tidbits or tips about University of Kentucky, let me know. Let us know, and we will touch on them. But next time, we will tell you what's going to be happening in the opening series slash tournaments. Yes. Um, We're very we'll excited, you guys. That means, that means straight up baseball play, like full-on games. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> like, excited. For real, for real. Not just breaking down what is going to happen and like what's to come. Like, yeah, we're talking real games are right around the corner. So, and once real games start, we will start probably having episodes maybe twice a week yes. just so that we have time without going too long to let you know what happened that last weekend. And then what will also, we'll do another one with what will be coming in that future weekend or what happened yeah. in the midweek games. So, yes. Thanks for tuning in to episode two. Yes, it was fun. Can't wait to hear you guys' feedback. And like Paige always says, give us a five-star ranking. Because why would you not? Or not ranking. Getting into our rating. <laughs> Too much baseball talk rating. 
listen, tell your friends, give us your feedback. What do you like? What do you don't like? And yeah, we'll get into it next week. We'll be right back at it. Woo. Woo. All right. Bye, y'all.